Hey everybody, Nick Espinoza, your chief security fanatic here. And today we have to talk about artificial intelligence because it's politics new super weapon. Now, if you thought privacy was bad before, Oh my God, we're going to talk this through. But first things first, here's what's going on. This is coming from Lachlan Marquet of Axios and some excellent reporting here. Now, this is what's up. Innovations and evolution in artificial intelligence are making it faster and cheaper for political campaigns to identify, turn out, and extract money from voters. Again, this is according to Mr. Marquet, who I'm going to be quoting and paraphrasing extensively here. Now, consultants for both major parties, that would be the Republicans and the Democrats, are basically sucking up voter data to hone advanced fundraising and persuasion tactics. These tools are basically and essentially useful um, in down-ballot local races. Now, consultants say that they can dramatically improve campaigning by asking machines to basically synthesize massive amounts of data of everything from income to your purchasing habits to essentially predict how you are going to both donate to a political party if you're inclined to do that and also vote. Now, a host of these outfits are now marketing the use of their artificial intelligence and machine learning to essentially try to gather more political clients. So, for example, the Sterling Data Company that basically caters to the Democrats says that it has basically it can more than double uh, digit fundraising. It can more than double digital fundraising performance in the immediate term. Now, on the Republican side, there's an outfit called Numinar. Yeah, Numinar, I believe I'm pronouncing that correctly. And they are touting a highly effective voter modeling and predictive capability system. And here we are. And I quote, this is the soup. This is a super weapon that Democrats have. End quote. That is from Martin Karutsk. I believe I'm pronouncing that correctly. A Sterling's managing partner who says his firm has worked with about 1,000 Democratic campaigns and political parties. I quote again. It's probably one of the most overlooked reasons why the Democrats are winning the small dollar fundraising wars against the Republicans. Now, Numenar on the Republican side says that it's worked with nearly 300 political clients this election cycle, and the FEC, Federal Elections Commission records, show payments from some key Senate and House campaigns this year to that outfit. Quote, AI and machine learning can actually help these campaigns, 80% of which are down-ballot local races, make a pretty big difference in how their races perform. That's according to Will Long, who is Numenar's founder, talking to Axios in an interview. Now, here's how essentially this works. Each of these companies in the space uses a massive amount of political and consumer data to feed an ever-improving algorithm that can predict voter or donor behavior. Now, Sterling, on the Democrat side, uses this tech to hone fundraising tactics tailored to each of its clients. The company says in its marketing materials, and I quote, no data analyst in the world could look at over 500 variables from household income to magazine subscriptions and determine what factor played the biggest role in the success or failure of a fundraising campaign and rework the targeting to maintain or improve results, especially not in less than a minute. That's what we're talking about here. They're able to, obviously, artificial intelligence crunch this data very fast to spit out logical predictions based on multiple variables on you, the consumer slash voter, and here we are. Now, AI-based software also makes it much easier for firms to identify new potential donors and basically, these people are calculated to have the highest propensity to give to a campaign. Maybe you are completely outraged on Facebook saying, oh, my God, I can't believe what Trump or Biden or, you know, whatever side you're on is doing this. They're basically getting this information in some way, shape or form and saying, aha, this person absolutely hates Trump or hates Biden or whatever it is. So maybe they will basically uh, donate to the person that they support because they hate the other guy. This is what we're talking about now. And on top of this, Numenar says 
Its ability to predict how a voter or how a given voter will vote makes its services highly valuable to campaigns attempting to basically more efficiently allocate scarce resources. Meaning if they are seeing, let's say, in a specific area or locale, a high propensity to vote, in this case Numenar, to vote Republican, then why put more resources there when you've already locked it up if you're the Republican candidate? It would be the same on the Democrat side as well. Now, some political pros, though, are skeptical, basically describing this as more of a marketing gimmick than a true advance in political data technology. But it looks like it's going to be here to stay. I don't think this is going away anytime soon. We are leveraging artificial intelligence to do many different things. I also don't think this is necessarily a gimmick or a marketing gimmick uh, if they're able to successfully identify, let's say, new potential donors or voters, uh, you know, and therefore drive more numbers, you know, to whatever candidate the artificial intelligence is supporting or analyzing for. But here here are my concerns with this, and, and, and they are deep, which is why I'm really concerned about the privacy side. So, for example, we saw an artificial intelligence in the 2016 election take our Facebook data and build psychological profiles on us, meaning tens of millions of Americans that were basically, uh, these, this information was basically used by the Trump campaign and previously the Ted Cruz campaign to target voters. This was all thanks to a company that political operative Steve Bannon was a part of, if you recall. That was known as the Cambridge Analytica scandal, and it really highlighted just how deep the Facebook data mining is. So, as mentioned, basically, that they are taking everything from purchase histories to magazine subscriptions to build new profiles on essentially who basically is going to vote right or left or donate, and now figuring out ways to better, better target them. Do you see the parallels here from basically the current crop in the 2022 election to what we are talking about now? Who is selling them this data? Is it still Facebook? You can usually go on and see what information Facebook has on you. We know that Facebook is one of the largest targeting platforms for advertising in the world. And so they can say, hey, show me anybody that leans Republican or right or left or all these kinds of things. So is it getting from there? Is it getting from the credit card companies? Is there a third party broker that is aggregating all of this data? I've talked about those before here on this podcast and video, not to mention what is the security posture of these companies that have this massive amount of data on us? If you recall in 2017, an extensive database of information on about 198 million Americans collected by a contractor that was hired by Republican groups. Basically, this information was obtained by a security researcher because they found it on an Amazon uh, server with not even a password protecting it, meaning this contractor for the Republican Party left 198 million records open to the world. Now, obviously, there's not 198 million Republican voters, which means they're obviously collecting information on the opposition as well. Democrats, independents, Republicans are all going to be caught up in this database. That database included home addresses, birth dates, phone numbers, uh, you know, and basically it had information on voters from both major parties as well as independents. Now, this data that was stolen in 2017 was compiled by Deep Root Analytics. They have AI, which adver basically advises campaigns on things like political advertising for television and all of that. They were contracted by the RNC or the Republican National Committee and other GOP groups as well. Not to mention... What happens if there's a political regime change or political system change like we saw in Afghanistan? In my fourth TED Talk, I actually talked about this where, you know, you had 20 years of a democracy in Afghanistan and within a week that was dropped, replaced by, uh, you know, the Taliban, which essentially are religious extremists that lock that country down. And we left a ton of information on voter rolls, 
biometric information. And so the Taliban basically had a roadmap with some of the technology left into how their citizens voted. Maybe their citizens voted against the Taliban's interests, and now basically they have targets for some kind of prosecution or murder. If you recall about 20 plus years ago, before that country was changed and the Taliban was in basically was ruling back then, they loaded a whole bunch of people up into a soccer stadium and had a mass execution of those that they believed were the antithesis of what the Taliban believed or political threats. We left that information there. And as we are going through very contentious political times here in the United States, if we have people, let's say, that are able to overturn the election because they're able to change the laws or get political operatives in place, meaning elect political operatives in place that, let's say, would invalidate votes and all these kinds of things, are the voter rolls then private? Is this information being collected and run through an artificial intelligence that says, yes, Nick votes Republican or Nick votes Democrat or Nick votes Independent or whatever it is? Is that now going to have me targeted because the artificial intelligence says, yes, look at his spending habits, look at his Facebook posts, look at all of these things. These are things that we have to understand. And while obviously nobody wants a political change, uh, you know, whether it's in privacy or, or anything else, unless it's to strengthen privacy laws, these are things that we have to consider not just in the immediate now, but for 10 years from now, 20 years from now, what does this look like? You know, we look at other countries that, that are running democracies and we look at what their political systems are like. And you can look at, for example, like Australia, they have essentially an election for, you know, government and all of that. And there is no two year cycle where, oh, I just was elected to Congress. Now I'm going to start running for the next election two years from now. And so I'm running half lawmaker, half always, always, always politically advertising to keep my seat. This is what we're talking about. Why not have, let's say, no like internal private money that can come from anywhere that, you know, each candidate only has three months to advertise, uh, you know, for themselves with whatever fundraising they can have, not from, let's say, corporations really hamper this down, really limit this, uh, you know, and, and they can still get the word out. They can still have debates. They can still put out policy positions, all these kinds of things, but they won't be targeting us in the way that we're being targeted now. Artificial intelligence can do so many good things, but I think this is a bad thing overall. I don't wanna be in a database that is making a prediction on how I vote based on what I read. I read everything from the left and the right. What does that make me? You know, so this is a huge problem. And so I wanted to bring this up because I think this is important I'm a little long-winded today, but but again, I, I think this is something that needs to be discussed, it needs to be addressed, and here we are. And please like, share, follow me here on Facebook and Twitter at Nick AESP, where they're probably giving your information to both Republicans and the Democrats so they can target you. Same with YouTube as well, where feel free to subscribe to me, which I guess would make you maybe an independent. And as always, stay safe, stay online, and please attempt to stay private. Thanks, everybody.